Two out of three falls. All the way from Connecticut, Graham Matthews at a Russell Rant on Twitter. Graham, what's up, my man? How you doing? What's going on, Randy? Always happy to be back here on the show. How you doing, my man? Doing good, man. All the way from L.A., Mark Raimondi from MMAFighting.com is on Twitter at Mark underscore Raimondi. Mark, what's up, my man? What's up, guys? I'm done. You, you always sound enthused to be on this show. You sound very Well, happy. you know, yeah, I'm in L.A. <laughs> I'm very laid back here. Uh, relax. Relax, chilling. It was like 78 degrees earlier. You know, you know. Yeah, I, I know. I know. You know. You know. You know. L.A. getting up, getting ready for the All Star Game coming up in about a week and a half. All Star Weekend. Um, you know. You you guys made a big NBA trade last week with uh, Blake Griffin going to Detroit. So a lot of things are happening in L.A. right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I actually have a lot of people I know coming in for us. Uh, I expect there to be um, a lot of traffic. There's always a lot of traffic here. So. Uh, I think it'll be worse than usual, but it'll be downtown by Staples. I have been West Hollywood, California, so hopefully it'll, uh, the traffic and nets will stay away from the distance. Although everyone probably comes here to party. This is where all the clubs are. Mm-hmm. So will you be attending any of the All-Star festivities next weekend? I'm not. be attending PWG next Friday night. I meant N- I meant NBA All Star festivities, man. <laughs> I know I know what you meant, but I will be going to PWG instead. Okay, all right. Well, hope ho- hopefully you enjoy that, and um, hopefully you enjoy All Star Weekend out there. Um, lots to get into in the world of wrestling. Um, it is Wednesday. February 7th, 2018. I am Randy Cruz. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J, C-R-U-Z. You can find the podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. Give us a download, a rate, a comment, uh, subscribe. Just show us that, that love and support. Again, you can follow Graham on Twitter at Russell Rant and follow Mark at Mark underscore Raimondi on Twitter. So um, what I do want to start off with is the fact that you know, uh, you know, earlier in the week, we, we, we kept reading that Jason Jordan was supposed to be out for a year or it could be likely headed that way that he might be out for a year with a, a recent neck injury. Uh, as of, I believe, yesterday, he had minor neck surgery, but the, the, the timetable of him being out is still not um, declared. So with WrestleMania coming up in, in two months, we just don't know how long he will be out for. We did see him on Raw on Monday, but again, not getting in any physical um, activity. But he, he was still on the show, and they kind of made note that he does have a neck injury, a legit neck injury. So, uh, Graham, I'll start with you. The fact that when you first heard it, he might be out for a year, but now we kind of don't know because he had a minor neck surgery, and it's, and it's kind of overblown. What do you think that the the direction is for him, and what do you think is the is the the time frame that he might miss? Whether he might miss time before Mania or at the WrestleMania? I think a year sounds about right. Um, Dot com, like you said, did confirm on Tuesday night that he will be out for the foreseeable future after undergoing successful neck surgery this past week. It's unknown how long he's going to be out for, but you got to assume he's going to be out past Mania. 
I mean, neck injuries are serious stuff. I mean, it's not just, he doesn't right. have a broken, you know, he didn't, he didn't fracture his ankle or something. The guy has a neck issue, so I'd be shocked if he was cleared in time for WrestleMania. He would still have two months away. He won't be a chamber, which is a given. Um, but WrestleMania, I would assume, is off the table, which is a big blow to him considering how prominently featured this guy has been on the show since, you know, he broke off on his own last summer as Kurt Angle's son and storyline, that whole thing. Um, but I would not only say that it's, it's a question in terms of what happens to Jason Jordan moving forward, but also what happens to Seth Rollins. Um, we talked about this a few times during the show in the last couple of weeks, but it looked like the direction they were headed in was Rollins and Jordan one-on-one at WrestleMania. Now, with Jordan being out, what do you do with Seth Rollins? That's been the question all week amongst fans. I would say, like I've said many times before here in the show, I would do Rollins and Angle some you know, set that up some way. I don't think Angle has an obvious dance partner for WrestleMania if it's not Jason Jordan um, or Seth Rollins. But that being said, for Jason Jordan, it's stuff that he's off the show. But this could, this could turn into a positive. I don't think Jordan versus Rollins on paper, to me anyway, was a WrestleMania-worthy match. But if you can change that from Rollins and Jordan to Rollins and maybe Angle, I think you can kind of turn something that wasn't all that exciting into something that could be an awesome WrestleMania-worthy match coming up. Mark? Yeah, it's, it's super unfortunate because when, when you get hurt like this and, and you have a prominent role, there's no guarantee that you get that prominent role when you get back. The, the, the roster is crowded. There's a lot of talent that needs to get on TV. And sometimes when you get injured, you, you, get, uh, you get Wally Pitt. You know, you get you know, Gary Constant and take over for a day, plays there for the next you know, 20 years. Uh, so it really sucks for him. I mean, he's, he's obviously still a young guy. And it just it hurts because he he's just starting in the last weeks and, and months getting a the reaction that they wanted to get to the crowd and, and it was working whereas it wasn't working at the beginning when they when they first had him as ankle son I guess what they could do is they could still have him on television for for I mean part of the rehab process I guess I mean right. they can bring it back on TV and just not have him wrestle and take bumps maybe I I, I don't know. Uh, apparently, it wasn't a uh, you know a super invasive procedure, but certainly he won't be wrestling anytime uh, for the foreseeable future. Definitely not Mania. And then uh, you know to Graham's point, you know what what the hell do you do with Seth Rollins now? Because you know okay, Dean Ambrose was was partnering with him, and that that seemed like a thing they were going to follow through with. And then he got hurt, and now Jason Jordan is hurt. What do you do? Do you do Rollins against Angle? I think that'd be really a cool match, but you may need Angle for that for that Rousey. Uh, mixed tag against Triple H and Stephanie. I, I, I don't know. It's uh, there, there are definitely things um, uh, up in the air right now. It could it could honestly change. It could change a little bit of, of what what the WrestleMania lineup has looked like right now. But I, I do think that they they still have a bunch of talent on Raw. I think it, it's it, it's certainly it's certainly a, a short term loss for for WWE. Uh, bigger loss for Jason Jordan because there there's so much talent in WWE. They can kind of fill that that role and give someone else TV time and it'll probably be a seamless, uh, you know, a transition. It isn't like the ratings are going to go down because Jason Jordan is up here. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's, um, you know, this, this year for WrestleMania is kind of looking like WrestleMania 32 where, you know, you have a lot of people on the shelf for injuries or whatever the case may be. So I know last year, a lot of people were, you know, were healthy. So that's why you had like 9, 10, 11, 12 matches on the card. And I saw someone on Twitter that right now, including 
Jason Jordan, the 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 injured list or the you know the out of action list includes him, Big Cass, um, Jeff Hardy, Big Show, Noam Dar, Samoa Joe, Maurice, um, Paige, Dean Ambrose, Alicia Fox, and and Brian Kendrick. So, you know that's like ten ten people right there that that could have been used for WrestleMania, but like like WrestleMania thirty two, you have a lot of marquee people out, and now you have to find other people to fill in and, and change up the whole the whole roster and storyline so i think it's very unfortunate he you know he's gonna be missing that time if they make it official that he will be missing that time because th- they're not gonna let him wrestle with the same kind of injury that page has and then page is kind of you know forced to retire you know so i don't think they'll put in and same thing with, with uh daniel bryan going and having an injury and, and, and performance so um uh, you know, at first it said a year, then then it might not. But I, I, no, no matter what, he's going to be missing some considerable amount of time. Just very unfortunate that it is it is before it is prior to WrestleMania, and a potential match with, with him and Seth Rollins won't be happening. But like Graham and you, uh, Mark said, what do you do with Seth? Where it could be him and Kurt Angle in a one on one match. Would I want to see that? I mean, for nostalgia purposes, to see Kurt Angle go one on one, and it kind of makes sense where. It is his quote unquote son. They could they could do a thing where Seth quote unquote injures Jordan and he won't be uh, performing at WrestleMania and Kurt Angle takes it kind of personal. Then he says, Yeah, I want you one on one at Mania or um, if if Rousey needs a tag team partner for the Triple H uh, Stephanie match, they might put him in if they can't get the rock or Kurt Angle. So um, you know, just very unfortunate for Seth where the last couple couple of WrestleManias, he hasn't had like that big time WrestleMania match aside from Triple H last year. But he 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 hasn't been in the main event. He hasn't been. Uh, I know it was a cash in, but he wasn't in the match officially. But you know he's been in tag matches. He's been in some other kind of matches. He 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 actually missed WrestleMania 32. So another another WrestleMania for him where he may not get that WrestleMania spot. I I, I see it very unfortunate for both him and 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 both Jordan. I I feel, I feel like with Seth, he's still he's still a pretty young guy, um, and and it doesn't seem like they're ready to give him the ball again like that. And I think that part of it is. Mm-hmm. I think he's just a better heel. I just think he's. I just think yeah. he's. He, for for me, I, I I envision him if he's going to be at the top of the company, if he's going to have the universe title or the or the WWE title. I just kind of envision that as a, as a heel Seth Rollins, not as a babyface Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. But that's a good point, Randy, that you bring up. Uh, that not only not only does this hurt Raw and and Jason George, but it, it kind of messes up whatever they had going for Seth. Uh, going into WrestleMania, but they can turn it around. That be, and I mean, if you face the ankle, that's, that's a more high-profile match than than a match against Jason Jordan would be. And I mean, honestly, I mean, if they if they do need someone to tag with Rousey, Rollins has that long history with Triple H and Stephanie. I mean, that could that could be a story exactly. that they, you know a year. I mean, years in the making of, of him uh, going up against Triple H again and Stephanie in that in that match with Rousey. So they could do that if they if they really wanted to. It wouldn't make sense, I guess, with the current storyline. But they haven't done anything with the Survivor Series since uh, November with that whole ending of the of the match. So so who the heck knows? But uh, certainly it could be it could be a net positive for Seth. But yeah, it it, uh, it also <laughs> depending on how they how they do it, he could end up with, with kind of a dud of a match. Yeah, Graham. 
I agree. Yeah, there's a few different routes you can go with Rollins. I mean, I think another obvious option that we didn't mention yet is him and Miz. Um, it depends what they do with Miz going to WrestleMania. Another rumored match has been Miz and Braun Strowman mm-hmm. for the Intercontinental Championship, which is fine. I think it's a good use of both guys. Braun obviously needs a big match to do a WrestleMania after he wasn't sitting out last year like Samoa Joe was, but he was in the freaking Battle Royal, and he got tossed out halfway through. So he might as well have sat out that WrestleMania, WrestleMania 33. Um, but if you don't do Braun and Miz, and maybe you put Braun in that Rousey tag team match, you do Braun and somebody else at WrestleMania, I'm not sure who that would be. Um, you could do Miz and Rollins for the Intercontinental Championship. Dean Ambrose is a former Grand Slam champion. Roman Reigns is now a Grand Slam champion. Rollins has yet to go for the Intercontinental Championship, so it's something new. But I don't think we've ever seen him and Miz one-on-one before, at least not many times. So it'd be a fresh feud. It would be a great use of the Intercontinental Championship and heavily promote it as a match in the show. I mean, for the last, for like a lot of time now, we have not gotten a high-profile Intercontinental Championship match at WrestleMania in a long-ass time. And I'm not talking the ladder matches and all that other shit because those were thrown together at the last minute and no one cared for the most part, even though they were good matches. We need a real, like, high-profile Intercontinental title WrestleMania match this year. Braun and Miz could be it, but Rollins and Miz would not be a bad consolation for us. Yeah, um... Just remains to to be seeing what they do, and um, yeah, I, I speaking of, speaking of the Miz and, and, and Braun Strowman, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Seth in the Miz, but I think they're kind of going in that Miz and Braun Strowman direction. Uh, it it kind of leads into what they're gonna do at the Chamber pay per view. Uh, I think this month. Uh, speaking of the Chamber. Seth Rollins is not even in the chamber match, so that's what that's one more thing to be kind of upset about if you're a, a big time Seth Rollins fan. And speaking of the chamber, we have as of right now, and you guys gotta help me out. We got Elias, Braun Strowman, John Cena, Roman Reigns, and the Miz. That's five out of six. And the last person will be either Finn Balor, Apollo, Cruz, uh, Bray Wyatt, and who else am I missing? Is that a triple? Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy. Okay, Matt Hardy, Bray Wyatt, Apollo, and Finn Balor in a second chance fatal four-way match, and the winner of that becomes the sixth and final entrant into the chamber. Um, I'm cool with Elias being being in it, Braun, Cena, Roman. We all knew Roman was going to be in there and possibly win it to face Brock, The Miz. Um, are, are you guys kind of... Mark, I'll start with you. Are you kind of upset or happy or just don't care the fact that the losers get another a, a second chance to be in the, the chamber match where you got people like Seth Rollins on the outside looking in to try to get in that chamber match? Yeah, I mean, I, it's, I'm fine with that. It's It was a product of not having Chase George. I think that he was probably going to be in the match if, if he wasn't injured. And maybe Seth factored into that, too. Maybe they both would have been in the cheaper match, uh-huh. and they kind of would have, uh, would have uh, advanced that storyline in, in that match. Now they're not, not going to do that. So Rollins will need to do something else. And, I mean, I guess if they're going to go in a different direction with him, it does make sense to start that relatively quickly because, I mean, uh, time is ticking a little bit. I mean, I know that there's I mean, there's certainly plenty of Raws left for WrestleMania, but right. if you want to have, like, a, a cohesive story for Seth going into the the, the big show, you got to start it now. And then and, and he's already had to, have had to uh, pivot, pivot a couple times. I can't speak right now for some reason, but he's had to pivot a couple times with his storyline. So I think that uh, if they want to leave him out of the chamber and kind of start a new, new program, that, that would not be the, the worst uh, idea. 
Graham? I like the idea of the, uh, you know, the last chance or the, the redemption qualifier match they're having on Raw this week. And like Mark said, I would assume the original plan was to do Rollins and Jordan inside the chamber to build tension between the two. Um, they I think Finn Balor being in there is, is kind of a must. If they really want to rehab Finn Balor and do the whole Balor club thing and make them mean something, I agree Finn Balor being in there is a great move. I love the Miz. Don't get me wrong. Don't really need, don't really see the need of putting him in the chamber without. Unless this is what sets up Braun Miz at WrestleMania, which I guess I would assume it has to. Right. But otherwise, why do you put Miz there? The guy's the fucking intercontinental champion. We know he's not going to win. He's not facing Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. So why even bother? Like, I'm not saying Apollo Crews should have beat him on Raw this week, but it's like, that's a spot that could go to Seth Rollins. Now that he's, you know, free of any real plans at WrestleMania, I guess they could always make a last minute change if they wanted to. But, I don't know, it just doesn't make much sense to me. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm sure they're going to find some sort of role for Rollins on the show. Joe will be back soon. We've seen Seth and Rollins before. We've seen Seth and Joe before, so I'm kind of good on that. But um, yeah, I don't know. They're, they're like Mark said, there's a lot of time between now and WrestleMania for them to figure things out. Balor being a part of the match is huge, but I just don't know what else to do with Seth. I've seen some people say maybe they do another tag team title rematch with Rollins and someone against the bar, but it's like, literally, we've seen that like nine times oh, this no. point on TV. I'm ready for them to move on. We need, we've seen enough of that. We're, we're done with Seth and the tag team title picture. They got to move on from that, so. I don't know. Maybe the Dean Ambrose injury, which was, which was originally, you know, uh, it was expected that he'd be back within a matter of a few months, you know, six or seven weeks, mm-hmm. and in WWE said, oh, nine months. But it could be a case where they're just, you know, they're feigning the injury or it's not as serious as expected because they did the same thing with Braun Strowman last year where they said he'd be out for like six months and he came back in six weeks just to make it seem like a bigger deal. They could do that with Dean Ambrose and still set up that Dean-Seth match we were talking about earlier. So time will tell, but I would assume they have to have some sort of a role for Seth on the show if it's not in the Elimination Chamber match. Uh, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you brought up uh, Finn Balor. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing at this point. And I know, I know that I, I was not critical of Cena pinning him for, for uh, the chamber match uh, to, to, to get a berth in the chamber match. That was fine. But I, I, what you said, Graham, about, about, you know, they reunite the Balor Club, which is Bullet Club, by the way, just saying. Uh, and and <laughs> they've done nothing with it. Um, they've done nothing uh, to make them strong. They've done nothing to make Finn Balor look better than he, than he has over the last, a few months they've really done nothing he's not in the chamber um i mean he's, at this point he's not in the chamber he could be i guess after next week what do they do with him uh, you know he's not winning in the chamber obviously if, if, uh, if he's in it um what are they what are they doing with him for wrestlemania if, if that's a tied up with like an ankle or a fizz if braun is gonna face the miz uh you know if seth doesn't then where then where does Balor? where do you go with balor i mean i don't i don't under i don't know i just don't know um I, I think if you look at the chamber match and, and with the obviously I think Finn Finn is going to be the fourth uh, the fourth man the sixth man in they're going to aim for Braun and Miz so that's you know I, I want to see how many matches they, they, they try to set up for WrestleMania within this one match we we, we, we likely think it's going to be Miz and Braun for the IC title Roman's going to more than likely win it to and and, and then uh, get Brock at Mania. Then you have Finn, Cena, Elias still still hanging out. Cena, they still there's still the rumor of, of him and Taker at WrestleMania. So that means Taker will have to interfere at some point. 
and make John Cena lose. So if, hypothetically, let's take Cena out and put him with Taker. That leaves us Elias and Finn Balor. Now, do fans want to see Finn and Elias go at a one-on-one? I, I, I would say yeah, but, you know, again, th- there's no build there's no storyline. How do we get there? Um, if you want a fantasy book WrestleMania uh, uh, now, um, the bar I, I would think I, I would think the bar would defend the tag titles against uh, uh, Gallows and Anderson. Um, I don't see any other tag team that would deserve a tag title match at WrestleMania. Um, and then again, what do you do with Finn? Maybe Elias and Finn Balor go at it. If, there, if there's no taker. Then you could do Cena and Elias because they already have their little thing going on. And then again, Finn Balor is Finn Balor is the the the, the, the outside looking in guy. So either Elias and or, or they don't do Miz and Braun Strowman, they, and they, they do Miz and Finn Balor for the Intercontinental Championship. I think there's so many directions that that they can go into for Finn Balor, but right now there's no clear cut direction for him, right, Graham? No, there's not. I mean, for Finn Balor, I think there's a few different opponents you could put him up against. It's really a question of of, of, of how or if, if they're going to. I mean, it's Finn Balor we're talking about here. We could talk all day long, like, oh, we could have a match against John Cena at WrestleMania. Or he could face this guy or that guy. I mean, the match with Brock never happened. Uh-huh. Um, we could talk all day long about how he deserves the hyper up on a match. The fact of the matter is, is that I'm very happy they put the, the Bullet Club, the Balor Club back together on Raw. And they, they do feel a bit more relevant than they did, you know, a few months ago, which is, you know, not saying much because they were doing really nothing on fucking Raw literally three months right. ago except for uh, trick or street fights and all that other stuff. Um, but that being said, Ballard 2017, Randy, we talked about it a few months ago, one of the worst years for mm-hmm. anyone in the WWE roster just yeah. because he had so much potential. And the guy was facing Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas most weeks on Raw. He was facing Kurt Hawkins for the better part of 2017. The guy did a whole lot of nothing except for that Bray Wyatt feed, which went nowhere and was awful anyway. Uh-huh. The guy needs a big year in 2018. Um, the Balor Club, they could turn him heel, which would be pretty cool. Um, I'm going to write something on Friday for Bleacher about this. I'm, I'm, I know, I, I said this before, Taker should not wrestle at WrestleMania. I, but if he is going to wrestle, which there's still a decent chance of because he resurfaced at Raw 25. Uh-huh. If he is going to wrestle, and it should not be against John Cena. It should be against Finn Balor. Now, I know some people might laugh with that. Finn Balor's not that big of a threat. He lost to John Cena a few weeks ago, blah, 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 blah. Right. There is enough time to build him up as a threat to the Undertaker if they want to, you know, make him mean something with the Balor Club, maybe turn all of them heel. Then you can do the demon against the dead man at WrestleMania. It'd be a great visual. True. And, I mean, maybe Taker wins. He'd probably have to win. I don't, I don't see Taker losing three times at WrestleMania. But it's still a big match for Finn Balor to be in. It'd be a way better, a way better match than Cena and Taker with not to say that we've seen it before, but I just don't really see what accomplished no matter who wins in that matchup. I don't want to see Taker wrestle at all, but it may have still a big option. Um, I don't know. Balor versus really anyone makes sense, but they just got to push forward with him and make him feel like a bigger deal again. As of right now, there's really nothing for else to him to do. I mean, Balor and Elias, eh, we've seen that before. Elias, I think, the benefit from being, you know, doing like a concert or WrestleMania and The Rock comes out or something. That'd be sweet, but Finn Balor... The guy needs a big match at WrestleMania, whether it be Taker or Cena. Um, it could be The Miz or Seth Rollins. The guy needs a big match at WrestleMania. I just don't have faith. will put him in that spot come, uh, come maybe in a few months now. Mark? Yeah, I, I, I was just thinking what they could possibly do 
is they could put Braun in the tag match with Rousey. So have because uh, it, it it still does kind of fit. It fits with with the Survivor Series, the Triple H and Braun, and that whole that whole thing, and and Rousey against Stephanie. Uh, it could do that. Have Seth wrestle uh, Kurt Angle, and then just do Miz against Finn Balor. That would probably be the cleanest way to get all those guys into relatively high profile matches. But uh, and and then of course Gallows and Anderson against uh, uh, against the Bar. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know if that's the direction they'll go in. It'll probably be completely different. <laughs> I hear. I think, I think Alexa Bliss would get jealous if Braun teams up with Ronda Rousey. Well, uh, let Alexa Bliss say that to Ronda Rousey's face. Uh, that wouldn't, <laughs> that won't go real well for her. Um, I mean, yeah. I, listen, I, I, I am a Finn Balor fan, but I'm not gonna be here all day be like oh what are they going to do with him because you know there's so many other guys that you got to get on that card and I know there's a, a plethora of Finn Balor fans but hopefully they do put him in the right spot um, I'm assuming anything but the, the, the battle royal you know what I'm saying so any you know anything but that you know there is that possibility he might be in that match if there is not a one on one or tag match for him um, him against Taker w- would be dope, um, but I think if if Taker wrestled at WrestleMania, it would have to be his final match. And if that's the case, I would say Taker and John Cena would have to be that final match for Taker. If it's not his final match, then he can fight wherever he wants. Um, it could be Finn Balor. It could be it could be Braun Strowman. Like Braun Taker could be a match that like holy shit, big man, big man. It kind of like, you know. Passing the torch, uh, per se. I was but, thinking that. I was thinking that, Randy. Um, Braun against uh, Taker would be. It would, it would make sense from a, from a passing the torch perspective because Braun is kind of like the next, uh, you know, unlike <laughs> immortal, <laughs> immortal yeah. uh, big man that's going to be around probably for the next 15, 20 years. And I mean, like Graham, like I, I, I've had Graham on this show for the past four or five years now, and and every single time Mania comes, we don't know. There's no like outside of the, the the winner of the rumble, and that's it. That's that's the only match you know. And back in the day, like like Mark would would, would agree, when you hit the Royal Rumble, you know at least three four matches right off the bat because of the storyline and the rivalry that's already ongoing. Now for the last couple of years, you're about to be in February or maybe early March, and you still don't know what kind of direction they're going in. I, obviously, there's like 10, 11 people hurt. Uh, I do get that, but it's like right now all we know is is AJ Nakamura. Um, we still don't know what the women's matches are gonna be uh, going to be like, and we just had a women's rumble match, and we still don't know those two matches. We're assuming Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, so that's two matches. The Battle Royal, that's three, um, and that's it. That's 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 all we got right now. So um, hopefully, in, in, in the next couple of weeks, we kind of get a better direction. And and I guess by the chamber, you can kind of like start putting pieces in, and then also fast lane in March. But you know, not having any any direction for for a couple key guys is is not something that we want to see every single year. And that, and that's that's been the norm for WrestleMania season, right, Graham? Yeah, I mean, but I will say this, though. I will say I do agree that 
for the last couple of years, by the time February rolls around, we don't really know what's set in stone for WrestleMania. Mm. But part of that is kind of a good thing. I feel okay. like it's kind of cool to not know what we're getting at WrestleMania. On the other hand, it's, it's quite obvious that maybe the company doesn't know either, which is very, 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 very likely because they're always scrambling to do things last minute. But on the other hand, they have, they have options. They have a really, really good roster, even with all those people hurt, like you just said. There's still a lot of people that are healthy that they could do stuff with the WrestleMania. We have Kurt Angle in the mix for the first time. He was here last year, but he didn't wrestle, so right. he could wrestle on that. We got fucking Ronda Rousey in the card. That Ronda Rousey alone is huge. Taker could wrestle. Maybe not the most exciting thing, but he could wrestle a match. We have John Cena, probably Triple H. Um, Daniel, I, I still don't. I still say Daniel Bryan's not getting cleared, but there's always that option. Chain probably. Yeah, they keep teasing um, that. Obviously, AJ Nakamura, Roman and Brock, and uh, obviously a slew of other matches with the women and the tag teams and stuff like that. So. They have the makings of, of, of what I think of what could be a solid WrestleMania overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, the build to WrestleMania is huge and getting people excited for the pay-per-view. And how many times over the years has the build for Mania been, like, amazing? And the, the event itself is, like, either shit or just no one remembers it or no one cares. It's just a completely abysmal WrestleMania, like WrestleMania 32. Or mm-hmm. the build sucks, and we all think it's going to be the worst WrestleMania of all time, and it ends up exceeding all expectations. Like, WrestleMania last year I thought was very good. The WrestleMania, WrestleMania 31 and 30, the builds to those shows were just not great really all that much. And they ended up being one of the, some of the better WrestleManias in the last 10 years. Yeah. So, as of right now, there's not a lot of matches that sell them, like you said, which is, you know, concerning to an extent. But the pieces are in place. They have a very good roster, even with all those people being out at the moment. And if they put those, you know, puzzle pieces in the right place, they can, you know, build up a very good WrestleMania, in my opinion. Yeah, um, hey man, I, I, you know what, to your point, the fact that if we don't know, that's kind of a good thing because if, if you know half the card by February, then you're like, all right, then why am I watching Raw and SmackDown for that there's nothing to really watch out for, there's nothing at stake because I already know what's happening at Mania. So I do get that point, but um, staying on the chamber. We do have the Women's Elimination Chamber match, and Kurt Angle said it will be Alexa defending her title against Bailey, Mandy Rose, Mickey James, Sonya Deville, and Sasha Banks. Also on the card for now, well, as, as of right now, Asuka against Nia Jax, and um, if Nia Jax was to win that match, she will be added to the Raw Women's Championship match at WrestleMania 34, my question is, um, uh, one, Oscar never said what, what title she was going for. Two, they already assumed she's going for the Raw Women's Championship. Three, Nia Jax wasn't in the original chamber match. Four, we know she's not beating Oscar at the chamber. So five, that leaves me to think Alexa... Uh, Okay, number one, Mark, does Alexa Bliss walk out the chamber with the championship, yes or no? I I think so. I think that she'll win. Uh, and if she doesn't win, I think that she'll find her way back to the title before Mania. Uh, I'm, I'm a little I'm a little confused about about yeah what direction they're going in. Uh, kind of what what you what you were kind of alluding to, Randy. It's like. We know that Nia is not not beating Oscar in this in this uh, 
in this match. But I guess you have to keep Asuka away from the chamber because it's not gonna she's gonna win every match right now. So you can't have her win the belt now. Yeah. She has to she has to win the belt or, or challenge for the belt at Mania. Um but yeah, the the Oscar versus Nia matchup makes makes very little sense, especially considering she's putting she's putting that title shot on the line in that in that match. We know she's gonna win it. Um, I, I do think what what has been reported um, with uh, you know it'll be Alexa Bliss against Nia Jax and Oscar versus Charlotte is probably what's going to end up happening. Yeah, they're just taking a very weird path uh, to that. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't really know where they're going with that. I mean, you know, I I, I really don't know. I mean, I guess it's, it's not the cleanest way to get there, but uh, but I guess maybe it'll make more sense after the stream. Mm, Graham. Yeah, the booking just makes me scratch my head. Well, I mean, even on paper, even before all that stuff was announced on Raw this past week, like Mark said, it's been rumored for the last week or two that we're getting Bliss and Nia Jax for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania. But even that on paper, to me, I don't know. I can't say I care. I, that just, to me, is not appealing at all. Now, Alexa Bliss has been a great lead heel villain mm-hmm. uh, for the Raw brand over the last year. She's done amazing work. Don't get me wrong. But I can't think of one, like, really, really good Alexa Bliss match that I've seen. We've seen her in Bailey before. We've seen her in Sasha Banks before. We've seen her in Mickey James before. What other match? I mean, obviously, her and Nia is somewhat fresh, and they've kind of teased it on and off at various points over the last year. But that, to me, is not a WrestleMania match. What do you turn Nia Jack? Babyface? Like, eh. I don't know. That to me is, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and complain just because I've been saying for years now we need a real one-on-one women's match at WrestleMania. Right. Um, but what I would do, this is the way to kind of make sense of everything. This won't be the route they take if they want to get Alexa Bliss in the card, which I understand why she's been the, at the forefront of the Raw women's division for so long. It's kind of leave her, it's kind of hard to leave her. It's a women's match at WrestleMania. But like you said, I think the obvious direction is to put Rousey in the next acting match. Yeah, to waste her on Charlotte or Oscar right now, not really to waste her, but to, to rush through either match right now would be an incredible waste. Yeah. I mean, they should be involved. You said before, so you put Rousey in the next acting match, you do Oscar and Charlotte for the SmackDown Women's Championship, and you keep Rousey and Oscar part in the process if you put Rousey and Raw. And then Raw, I mean, people will not be happy. I'm saying this, but I think you have Sasha Banks or Bailey win the Raw Women's Championship and set that up for WrestleMania over the belt, because that, to me, is the better match on paper. They have history. You know they can go out there and have a great match. Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax, eh, I don't know. That, as a match, to me, is not all that exciting whatsoever. And if they, they can still do Banks. They're not going to have three women card and then throw in Banks and Bailey, because that would probably be on the kickoff show and get 10 minutes, and no one would care because no one's in their seat. So I think that it would be a much better match for the Raw Women's Championship. And the whole booking with Nia Jax facing Asuka, yeah, it makes no sense. We can have Nia lose and then get her back in the title match before WrestleMania. It's just so stupid to me. So I don't know. I think uh, the chamber match, and it also makes no sense for Alexa Bliss to retain, too, considering she's like four foot five, and she's going to survive this structure with five other women in it. I mean, it makes no sense. So they'll probably have Bliss retain and face Nia, but to me, I'd rather have Banks or Bailey win and face each other for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania. That's turning Sasha heel in the yeah. process, which is long overdue. Yeah, I would. I would. On Monday, I was like, "All right, Nia loses. 
Alexa wins. Nia gets upset, like on Raw, whatever. Like she lost a match, but she was never put in, in the in the chamber match. Um, and then she could attack Alexa and, and stuff like that. And then Alexa would be like, you know, I want her at WrestleMania, blah blah blah. Then it forces Oscar to pick Charlotte on SmackDown, where I don't think Oscar's gonna come out and say I pick. Alexa or Charlotte, I think something's gonna happen where it's gonna it's gonna force her to to, to pick Charlotte. So um, now Plan B, like Triple H would say, Plan B. Uh, I wouldn't mind if it is Alexa, Nia, Oscar, Charlotte, and Sasha Bailey all on the card. Um, then Graham, you said earlier you you don't think there will be three one on one woman matches on the card. Um, but seeing Sasha, not on the main card, certainly not on the main card. Oh man, um, I mean that, that that's tough. So my thing is, if Alexa is not the champion and then she gets Nia Jax, you think that'll be like a like a pre-show match? Because you can't have well, Sasha I and can, Bailey on the pre-show. I can not have Sasha that. and Bailey getting a for getting a pre-show match if it's not for for the title. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. That's crazy. They, they've kind of they've kind of booked themselves into into a corner right now um, because they have a lot of they have a lot of talented pieces, but not a lot of well rounded pieces. Where it's like you know, Nia is mm. not a not really a great promo, not a not a very good wrestler, but has I mean that presence and that look, and 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 uh, she does have a measure of popularity. Alexa is the best promo, one of the best promos on the roster, man or woman. Um, she's she's great, but she can't really wrestle. She's not great. She's not great at that. Sasha is probably the best all around person. And then Bailey, who they've just kind of, I don't know what the hell they're doing with Bailey. She had a good match with Oscar on Monday. Yeah. Uh, but everyone had a good, I mean, I could have a good match with Oscar. Anyone <laughs> could have a good match with Oscar. Uh, so they have a bunch of these pieces who are kind of, uh, up in, up in the air and, uh, don't, don't have a direction really. I mean, they have, they have a little bit of direction, but they have, they're all, they all have different skill sets and they haven't quite booked the women's division on Raw, like cohesively, so it's it, it's just a weird fit going into Mania because you have you know it should be like Grant said it should be like a Sasha with the belt right now, or it should be some, some, something with Sasha turning having the belt and face Bailey for the title that would make the most sense. But that's something they they had they used to do a long time ago. You know it was crazy, and I didn't even realize this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alexa hasn't defended her belt since October. October. Yeah. What is going on? What are they doing with that with that <laughs> women's uh, title on Raw? That was a long time <laughs> before Halloween. She has to defend the title. And Charlotte too. Yeah, Charlotte hasn't defended it in uh, since the, the Natalia match. I mean, so, yeah. what are they doing with these titles? Like they have all these weak, like they have all these like half baked storylines going on. And I like the fact they're getting more women on the show, but none, none of the storylines are actually like uh, make sense. None of them are. None of them are clear. Exactly. So you know, you know yeah. Go, Graham. It's more go. important to make history. Nation Chamber. The championships are relevant. As long as you have the first ever this and that, that's all that matters apparently to this company. Uh, I mean, they yeah. can they could still have a they can still have a, a story that makes sense with the elimination chamber. Uh, and I, I think Sasha and Bailey both being in it that see that will make sense. But then they're pointing toward a match that, like you said, Graham, is probably going to be on the kickoff show. So it could be like uh, Sasha versus Bailey is an anticipated program. That maybe won't you know blow off until after WrestleMania, but how how awesome would that have been in in a in a in a, in a real 
Mania match for the title. And maybe they'll do that in years to come, but this is kind of the first time on the main roster that those two will have wrestled each other. That could be like a ladder match, you know, WrestleMania, something like that, because Sasha's insane and will do, you know, ridiculous uh, shit. Um, but yeah, so now instead we're going to get Alexa versus Nia, which, I mean, I mean, it's not a bad, it isn't the worst story in the world, but it's not going to be, that's not going to be a good match. That's going to be like a five-minute, six-minute match. Uh-huh. Uh, if it goes longer than that, then something, something went wrong. Yeah, I, I just feel like they already have that, that history with Nia and Alexa. Now, again, does it have to be for the chip? No, but can it be? Yeah. Um, Nia Jax can lose her match against Oscar that night and then make Alexa lose later on in, 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 the, in, the, in the freaking chamber match. And they, they set that program up for WrestleMania. But my thing is, I don't see Mandy Rose winning. I don't see Mickey James winning. I don't see Sonya winning. So my thing is, in the event Alexa loses, would Graham, would you prefer Bailey to walk in uh, WrestleMania with the belt or Sasha Banks walk into WrestleMania with the belt? But obviously, Sasha will have to do a full heel turn in the next month and a half, right? She has to. I mean, you know what? I, I can say that she has to all day long, but it's not going to change anything because I've said that I feel like this is a recurring joke on the fans. Because how many times have they had the opportunity to turn this woman heel over literally the last year, not even like last month, for the last six months, they've been teasing a Sasha Banks heel turn since her feud with Charlotte. A year and a half ago, a year and a half ago, they've been they've been teasing this turn, and she's been as stale as month old bread ever since. And she's a great worker. She's as a baby face. It's just she's almost intolerable. She is just abysmal baby face. Um, but yeah, if they flip that switch at some point, very near future, they can very well establish her character and Bailey in the process. I think Bailey could really benefit from working with someone as great as Sasha. That's what got her over in the first place. And NXT was Sasha Banks, and they're great for the matches over the Raw Women's over the NXT Women's Championship. They can repeat that same success on the main roster if given the time to have that great feud. Um, so I, that's what I would do. I think Alexa and Nia just as a match, like I said earlier, does just does not do much for me at all. Um, but at least Raw is having different, they're telling different stories right now, which is cool. SmackDown is just in way worse shape. It's Charlotte and then everybody else. Because no one else matters. No one matters. The fact that these women that are defending their belts since October or December is ridiculous. They like to talk about women's evolution and all this other shit. If the belts don't matter, then why should any of us care? Like, that's the whole issue with all this. And this is why we end up with multi-women matches at WrestleMania every single year. And it's the most frustrating thing in the world because nobody cares. The four-way that we got last year, the six-pack challenge, they weren't that good because mm. they were trying to cram all this shit into five minutes, and it wasn't that good at all. I'm hoping, I'm really, really hoping they don't do the same thing this year. Um, so that's why I said Banks and Bailey would make the most sense for Mania in a one-on-one match, but for the belt anyway, because on the kickoff show, I don't know, it'd be cool, but I really think that's the main attraction over Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax. Now, now, Mark, you know, since you threw out that stat, the fact that Alexa hasn't defended her belt in, in, you know, since October, um, I did see this stat. On, I did see this stat on Monday, and, and I'm not sure if you or Graham saw it, but and the main reason why Oscar has to go to SmackDown because what I saw, the stat is, Oscar has been on the main roster for four months, and she's and she has defeated every Raw Women's wrestler on the roster. So why stay? Why stay? She beat Bailey. She beat Shasha, uh, Sasha. She beat Nia Jax. She beat Alexa Bliss. 
She beat anybody else who, who who's after that. So my thing is, why pick Alexa Bliss to, to be your opponent at WrestleMania? This is why you go to SmackDown, because you already beat everybody on Raw. That's why she go to SmackDown. I think I think I think that's exactly what the story the story they'll tell when that when that happens. They're just taking a very they're taking a very strange route to that story. Um, and also with the story that uh, you know it, it puts Oscar over, but uh, kind of what, what Graham is saying about the belt not not meaning a whole lot. Uh-huh. It's it's kind of a diss to the belt, you know, because you have you have Oscar beat everybody, including the champion. You know, you know one two three clean clean pin. And and the championship hasn't even been defended, so they've they've kind of they, they, it's just been it's just some I, I don't know it's just so disjointed and I, who could who could have guessed that a year and a half after that I thought it was a really good uh, you know Sasha and Charlotte feud a year and a half ago I thought it was really some of the matches weren't weren't that great Hell in a Cell was not that great but I thought a lot of the matches were good and the story was was decent enough. Um, and it and it elevated the the title it elevated the two women and elevated women wrestling and a year and a half later Sasha is still a baby face and Charlotte is a baby face so neither one of them is actually in the position uh, uh, that they should be in heading into Wrestlemania Charlotte is a baby face is I mean I, I, I think Charlotte is very good but she's certainly not she's certainly much better off as a heel and Sasha's better as a heel they're on two different they're on two different shows and, and they, they, they're both baby faces does not make any sense Graham yeah, totally. I mean, I think they might have done this. I don't want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but they might have done that because they wanted all women as baby faces for that. You know, that rumored four horse women versus four horse women feud that they had teased in the Mayon Classic late last year. Yeah. Uh, so they could put all the face women together. Um, but obviously that didn't pan out, nor should it. I mean, Rousey versus literally anyone else in the bigger match. I mean, it'd be a cool match, but it's like at this point, Baszler's doing her thing in NXT. We haven't seen or heard from the other women at all in WWE. So having Rousey just do her own thing on the main roster just makes way more sense. Um, but yeah, you have these two women on two different shows, and they're baby faces. Why? On SmackDown, you have fucking Becky Lynch, who is one of the best baby faces for the women that they've ever had. Yet she's being, you know, sidelined. She's being kind of overshadowed by Charlotte who should be the top heel on SmackDown. I, I never understood why they turned Charlotte. I know she's popular and all, mm-hmm. but the reason she got over his baby face was because she was such a good heel. But unlike AJ Styles, who's just a natural baby face, she's not a good baby face at all. Her promos are terrible. Charlotte's <laughs> promos as a baby face are so bad. So bad. But that was what turned her heel in the first place a few, a few years ago because she sounded like she a complete bitch on the microphone. But then turning her back to a babyface just, again, made zero sense. And SmackDown's women's division has been way worse off. SmackDown's women's division was way better about a year or so ago when you had Alexa Bliss on the brand as the lead heel. And then, you know, she was working with a great babyface and Becky Lynch. It was simple storytelling. What feud has really transcended time on SmackDown with the women ever since? Charlotte and Natalia? Like, who cares? <laughs> Naomi and Lana? Like, they don't have any real strong characters on SmackDown. Yeah. Like I said, it's Charlotte and then everyone else. You know, even Charlotte is not a well-defined character at all. The, the whole women's division right now, they have so much talent, but none of them mean anything. Like, that's the, that's the issue. You have Bailey, one of the easiest baby faces to buck in the world, and they fucked it up. I don't know how they did it, but they managed to fuck Bailey in the matter of a year. So none of the women are really booked all that well right now. 
they, they can't they can't book Bailey because in order to book Bailey, you need to actually have the long term plan. You can't just go yeah. week to week. It, it need, there needs to be like a plan for Bailey. She needs, she needs like a real like narrative, like a real story uh, to get over because she's not going to get over just. I mean, at least not with the young kids. You know, with the general audience like an NXT. That was the whole thing. Like they they developed her over a long period of time as the underdog and. She's not had that at all. And they kind of hot shot her into that match with uh, that program, Bless the Bliss, uh, over the summer. That didn't really make any didn't really make any sense, and it didn't really do her any favors. Uh, it's just been a weird it's been a weird road for Bailey. And uh, yeah, Oscar and Bailey had, I thought, uh, a pretty a pretty darn good match on Monday. Bailey gets no reaction. I mean, it, the crowd was quiet yeah. for that match, and that's crazy considering how over Bailey was coming into WWE from NXT. Yeah. Um, speaking of SmackDown, fellas, uh, we're gonna have a triple threat match for the WWE Championship at Fastlane next month. Uh, apparently, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens had a one-on-one match, and then AJ interfered at, at the end. Bing, bang, boom! We get Daniel Bryan saying, "Hey, triple threat match for the title next month at Fastlane." Um, then you still have the ongoing storyline with Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon. Um, before I get to the AJ, Sammy, and KO, when when Shane is saying, you know, then you, you, you're living vicariously through Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn and doing little jabs and here and there. And, um, fellas, Graham, I'll start with you, man. I, 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 at some point, you know, last year we would, you know, the payoff between Daniel Bryan and The Miz, we were like, hey, man, you can't be doing all this and talking smack and doing all some real, um, face-to-face one-on-one stuff and then not pay it off with a match that never happened now we get Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan kind of throwing jabs for a long time getting in this feud with with, with AJ KO and Sami Zayn and again we might be at the same spot as last year where there's no true payoff where Daniel Bryan gets in the ring so my question is if they're not doing a match then why do they keep teasing us or do you think there's a 3% chance that the final payoff will be Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan in a match at some uh, of some sort at WrestleMania 34. The answer is because this company loves dangling the carrot in front of the faces of all the marks that think Daniel Bryan's coming back to wrestle again mm-hmm. in WWE. And he's not. He's not going to wrestle again. If he was going to wrestle again, you said it right there, Ren. He would have wrestled a year ago against the Miz at WrestleMania. Yeah. Maybe something... Maybe they found out that he's he's getting better. But that's the thing, though. It's not something that heals. The reason they made him retire was because he had concussion issues. Your brain doesn't doesn't get better. It doesn't work like that. Like, if they were going to let him compete, they wouldn't have allowed him to retire in the first place. Now, that doesn't make any sense. And second of all, this has been known for months. It's been known since the moment they started teasing that Daniel Bryan was going to wrestle again, that it wasn't going to happen. We sat here on the show two or three months ago saying that the payoff would be that there is no payoff. That Daniel Bryan was not going to wrestle again. So for some reason, people get so wrapped up in the idea that he always going to be Daniel Bryan and Shane or Bryan and Shane versus Owens and Zane. It, it's not. They're, the only reason they're doing this is to make you care about a program that there's no reason to care about. This AJ Zane Owens thing, the matches have been very good. Don't get me wrong. The main event for SmackDown this week, I thought was very well wrestled. But AJ looks like an idiot. Owens and Zane, they're not doing themselves any favors by being overshadowed by Daniel Bryan and Shane. And with Daniel Bryan, I don't know, they're just trying to 
make people think trying to garner interest in a Daniel Bryan in-ring return that we know isn't going to happen. Because I honestly feel that if it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. So if people are getting upset that, oh, Daniel Bryan, why, did they, why were they... It's because that's what this company does. Why people even put their money in Daniel Bryan winning the Rumble? Seeing that was one of the most like, idiotic things I've ever seen in wrestling in recent years. And that's saying a lot. People are like, oh, Daniel Bryan's going in the Rumble. Then why, why would he win the Rumble? People are so stupid. They'll buy anything this company sees now. Just drinking the Kool-Aid. People are so dumb. He's not coming back to wrestle again. Like, if, if he comes back to wrestle, don't get me wrong, I would love to see it. It'd be amazing. I would love to be wrong. But he's not. People need to move on. Maybe he'll wrestle again at all-in against Cody Rose, and he'll join the Bullet Club or some shit. But in the meantime, he's not wrestling against WWE. He's not going to be a WrestleMania. So people need to stop getting their hopes up, because when it comes time for WrestleMania... And Daniel Bryan's not wrestling. I don't want to see anyone complaining or whining or being disappointed. Because it's just, it won't happen. Mark? I think um, in, in this in this program, with with, with Owen Zane, Styles, Zane, and, and, and Daniel Bryan, I feel like every single one of them is is worse off now than they were before this started. I feel like their characters are all are all damaged. Not, not, none, of them, none of them have got... Uh, elevated as as characters because of this program. I think it's. I think I think all of them are, are, are worse off. I mean, maybe 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 I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but I mean, what has this done for Daniel Bryan's character? Whether or not he's going to wrestle again, he's he's kind of he's siding with like the city with the city heels uh, for for some for some reason that is sort of I mean a half baked rationale uh-huh. uh, because like. Uh, they they said they said on they said on the show and it was the first time they I think they directly referenced it. Shane saying you're you're living vicariously through Owens and Zane because they came up the same way you did. Uh, as far as like you know what he means being you know the Indies and Ring of Honor that kind of thing. But uh, you know if, if Daniel Bryan is is uh, his character is not is the character that came up because through hard work and Kevin Owens Sammy Daniel look he put take a shortcut. So it kind of doesn't make sense for his character. Like, oh, you're, you know, why, why would you see yourself in, in Owens and Zane, the shitty heels who were trying to cut corners and, you know, uh, you know, kind of snake their way to opportunities. That's never, that's never been Daniel Bryan's character. You know, you would think that the, the Daniel Bryan babyface character that's been around for, year, for years would look at those guys and say, I did it the right way. Dude, they're trying to do it the wrong way. So this, so that makes no sense. That part of the whole story. So I feel like Daniel Bryan is damaged from this. Shane is, uh, you know, just seems like a cry, you know, a crappy, uh, a, cra- a crappy authority figure um, who loses his temper, and uh, Ke- Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Like I, I liked, I liked when they got together, but since uh, since the whole thing with Brian has started, it hasn't, it hasn't made great sense for them. It hasn't really done anything for them. And as Graham said, AJ Styles looks terrible in all this. You know, he's losing his temper and hitting Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, and then the babyface authority figure makes a triple threat match, which is, I mean, it, it's just so it's so convoluted, uh, and it has not helped anyone. And I'm just ready for it to be over. I mean, just let's just move on and get these guys in new programs and get them in great matches again because they can have a great match. I'm looking forward to AJ versus Suzuki, but I'm actually looking forward to it less because I feel like AJ's character has, has taken a hit over the last few months. So, Grant, we had the triple threat match at Fastlane, AJ, KO, Sami Zayn. We all know AJ is going to fight Nakamura for the title at WrestleMania. So the question is, what happens to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at WrestleMania? A, do they 
split and do one on and go one on one again at WrestleMania, a la what KO and Jericho did last year. Two, they kind of like patch things up, make up, and remain like a tag team and go for the tag team titles. Or C, that's what I'm worried about because I'm like, hey, now we got Shane Daniel. If they're not fighting. They might do some kind of, again, this is hypothetical, like loser leaves, you know, the company where it, it, if, if Daniel Bryan is not going to wrestle and is really kind of fed up with the, you know, GM stuff and, you know, really just frustrated, they could do a thing where Shane and Daniel have to pick between KO and Sami Zayn and, and they, they have to represent them in the ring one-on-one and whoever loses that person who they who they represented will be gone from the company, some shit like that because I, I don't know what else can they do with Sami Zayn and KO because they're not winning uh, at Fastlane, neither one of them. So two, do you do one-on-one at Mania? Do you keep them together as a tag team or they kind of represent Shane and Daniel Bryan in a match? At WrestleMania, I like the second option the most. Um, when it comes to, to doing Brian and Shane versus uh, Owens and Zane, I like I said, it's not happening. So I'm not even going to consider that as a possibility. It'd be a nice little marquee match for those two, but it won't happen. So next, um, Shane wrestling against either one of them. We've already seen him and Owens before. Shane and Sammy, nah, who cares? Uh, I, I wrote this in an article for Bleacher last week. WrestleMania is better off with Sheen not wrestling. I saw like, it, I yeah. like Sheen, man. The last two years, though, I mean, okay, I'll give you credit for, like, the, the AJ match. That was a really, really good match. Probably the best match in the show, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. The match with AJ. But it's AJ fucking Like, anyone can have a great match. Like, like, Mark said, you can have a great match with Oscar. I can have a great match with AJ Styles. But Broom can have a great match with AJ Styles. So, I'm not really saying that much. Um, and the year before that, the Taker match was terrible. So you just don't need Shane at WrestleMania. And you could be on WrestleMania, maybe in a non-wrestling role, but who cares? So taking him out of the picture, Owens and Zane, I like them versus the Usos. The Usos are firing at all filters right yeah. now. And like like you said before, Randy, Jericho and Owens, in my opinion, I thought they had one of the best builds to a Mania match in recent years. Copying that with Owens and Zane would be beyond lazy. Plus, it's way too soon to be breaking either of those two up. Yeah. Because they're such, they're such a great heel tag team right now. To break that up prematurely so Zane can go back to losing to freaking Eden English every week, to me, would make no sense. So I wouldn't do that. But yeah, I like the idea of doing a tag team title match. Because for one thing, even more than Owens and Zane, they're, like, they're great and all. But when it comes to the Usos, who should hold on to those belts till WrestleMania, believe it or not, the Usos have been on the company. They've been on the main roster's I've been on the company's main roster now for eight years. They have never before competed on the main card for WrestleMania. They're like the kings of the kickoff show, but they have never been on the main card for WrestleMania, which is mind-blowing to me, considering how great of a tag team these guys are. One of the best tag teams the company's had in the last decade, yet they've never been to WrestleMania. So, And that will probably end up on the kickoff show, which would suck, but I would think that Owens and Zayn versus is a high-priority match for the SmackDown side coming in. So that's what I would do. I would put on the main card. And if you give Owens a win to run with the tag team titles, then that could be a lot of fun. Mark? I, I definitely like uh, I definitely like that idea, and I think that would be uh, a fantastic match. Um, I, I love where the Usos are right now, but I just feel like on, on February 7th, 
if if a if a point in that direction were, were to happen, it would have happened already. It seems like those the Bludgeon Brothers are kind of on a closing course. Yep. So I kind of feel like they're going to go in that direction moving forward. And, and I mean, they still have to, bl- I mean, they have to blow off this feud with, with Shane and, and Brian, this whole program in some way. And it's not going to be Brian wrestling, but I could see Shane and a partner against, against, uh, Owens and Zane at, at Mania. I think that's probably what is most likely to happen. Who that partner is going to be. I don't know. Um, I mean, it could be. How about what about Vince? Can Vince get uh, get in there and have a match at uh, Mania? Oh, I, I doubt know. that. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know who they would. They would need some. They would need someone to come in and uh, and, and wrestle uh, as, as Shane's partner. I just don't know who that would be. Maybe a Randy Orton, someone who's been around for a bit. I mean, I don't know who really makes sense for that role. But I feel like if they were going to do a tag title match, and I, and I do want to see that program after Mania, I want to see those against Shane and. Uh, and always after, but I feel like it's just not enough time to really build to that. I mean, there is a, there is a lot of time, but they need to blow off this this stupid program with Shane and, and Bryant somehow. Um, I just don't know exactly who will be Shane's partner in that match, but I think that's probably what they're going to do. Shane is going to wrestle at WrestleMania. Well, look, I mean, Triple H and Stephanie are going to wrestle. You know, Shane is going to get his uh, chance too. Of He's course. not going to sit this one out. That's of not course. the McMahon way. He'll, he'll find his way in there. It's just a matter of finding who the hell is part of it. Of course. Uh, I mean, <laughs> what's a WrestleMania without Shane, Triple H, and Stephanie? Come on now. <laughs> It'll be like maybe like the big show. Maybe like the big show coming back, something oh, like that. Something man. like that. You know, big and like, just, a, just kind of a big name making a return. Some, someone along, along those lines. Being uh, being Shane being uh, Shane's partner. I don't know, man, because uh, you know a lot of fans are, are are really holding on and clamoring for Daniel Bryan to come back. I don't think he is, and if he does, all power to him. But two years in a row where they had a they had a big time story with with Daniel Bryan and the Miz did not pay off. Then you have him and Shane McMahon going on going on right now. It more than likely would not pay off. So it's like. Don't don't tease the fans who are gonna be home every day thinking, oh, is Danny Bryan coming back? Is, is Danny Bryan coming back? And and when it's all said and done, he might not. He he might not perform with with this company no more. But he might perform somewhere else. So my thing is, do something where, like I told Graham earlier, where Sammy uh, Shane has to pick between KO and Sami Zayn to represent him, and then Danny Bryan takes the other one, and if Daniel Bryan picks Sami Zayn and he loses to Kevin Owens and and Daniel Bryan is out, out the company, something like that, or, or they get quote-unquote fired from SmackDown as GM or commissioner. Other, other than that, then they're going to keep going back and forth bickering about this and this and making rules and matches. And it's like, dude, there's no payoff. So um, it, 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 it's borderline wasting our time because we, we do want to see an official payoff. But more than likely, more than likely, we won't. Uh, I know Mark mentioned Randy Orton earlier. Um, he might not be in that match because he's too busy RKOing everybody in the freaking U.S. title picture with Rusev, uh, English, and, and and Bobby Roode. Uh, Mark, real quick. Um, I mean, Randy Orton, U.S. title picture, WrestleMania. I mean, we've seen Cena do it. We've seen Reigns do it. Uh, I don't think it's like a demotion. Or, or, or some sort, but could Randy Orton against a Bobby Roode or, or 
involved with Rusev and, and um, English become some, some sort of match for them to do at WrestleMania? Yeah, I think um, I think they're probably going to end up doing some kind of a multi-band match for, for the U.S. title, title at Mania. I could see it uh, being uh, Bobby Roode, Randy Orton, uh, Rusev, Baron Corbin, maybe maybe Dolph Ziggler. I don't know what they're doing with Dolph Ziggler, oh, yeah, but I can yeah. I can see like a like a, a six way or a, or a five way or a four way U.S. title. I would be surprised if it, if it was going to be a single match. They just need to get people off the bar. They got they have to find things to do for these people. And I have no problem with Randy Orton. Uh, moving down the part a little bit and uh, and kind of giving a rub to some of these other guys. I mean, there's. I mean, Bobby Roode is is, is forty years old, but he's still kind of uh, he's still fresh, and they haven't yeah. done a whole lot with his character. And I just hate. I just can't stand him as a as a baby face. I wish they would. Uh, they need to turn Bobby Roode uh, heel, and they got to turn Rusev baby face. That's really what they should do before Mania. I think because uh, Rusev is getting a huge baby face reaction, and Bobby Roode is a, is a natural heel. I mean. His character is a heel character. He's kind of like Charlotte, you know. These are heel, these are these are heel characters who are not really uh, mm-hmm. in the in the best position for themselves to succeed because of because of the booking. Graham, what are we doing with uh, Randy Orton at WrestleMania? I'd like a rude Orton one on one match. Um, the Malta Man match, I could see that happening. I would expect it to happen. Like I said earlier, with the uh, the IC title match that we've gotten in recent years with the ladder match, it seems like it's a it seems like WrestleMania, they don't want to bring the money to make ladder match back to WrestleMania. Terrible. But they won't hesitate to do ladder match at the WrestleMania. We got two back-to-back years in 31 and 32 where it was for the IC title. And last year, the IC title was on the kickoff show. So they did one for the tag team titles on the Ross type. So yeah. um, maybe it's the United States Championship turn, and they do one for the U.S. title with the guys that Mark just mentioned. To me, though... And call me a traditionalist. I don't know. This is just my opinion. I've been. This has been my training thought for a few years now. I hate when they do like the multi-man match because it screams last-minute lazy booking. Like I, that's what like the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal should be for. Put all the guys you want to give a little WrestleMania paycheck to. Put them in the Battle Royal. And I like their group. I like Baron Corbin, but by and large, they have done nothing. Be on the card for WrestleMania. They want to put, you know, these people on the show. Just put them in the Battle Royal, and that'd be a good little spot for them. Um, otherwise, I, I feel that they should put most of the team, maybe not every championship, on the main card, or at least, you know, maybe the kickoff show too, and make it a real feud that I can that I can care about. Like the build to the, oh, this guy wants the belt, and that guy wants the belt. I don't know. To me, it just screams laziness. Like, I want real rivalry. Yeah. Getting everyone on the card just for the sake of getting them on the card, to me, Ah, I don't know. I feel like that wasn't always the case a number of years ago. And the people that would make WrestleMania, you would know that either they either have big plans for them or these are the people that were the stars of the WWE for the past year. And those are the people that are making WrestleMania. Everyone else can make the kickoff show. So, I don't know. That's just my train of thought. I would much prefer a rude Orton one-on-one match. Um, but either way, it's got to end in a heel turn for either one of them. I would go with Orton. Uh, Rude, at least. I mean, both guys are baby faces. They're both popular baby faces, but I could not agree with Mark Moore when he says that Rude needs to be a heel. He's way more comfortable as a heel, as is Orton. Yeah. And then Rusev is the heel, but he should be a baby face. So, again, the booking on the SmackDown side could use some work. Um, but I like the idea of an Orton Rude one on one match. They'll probably blow it off to the next pay per view. And then do the fucking multi man battle royal ladder match, whatever, WrestleMania, which. 
I know it's inevitable. I'm still not happy about it, but that's what I expect to happen. Like Dolph Ziggler being a WrestleMania, who cares? Like at this point, they have the guy return to the Rumble, get tossed in 90 seconds, and then they have the audacity to promote Baron Corbin versus Dolph Ziggler for next week's SmackDown. Who the hell could possibly give a shit? That's just, <laughs> who cares? Who cares? Well, yeah, we 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 we, we kind of saw that match like 10 times back in 2016, but you, you know it is that's what it what is. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Oh man. Um anyway fellas, real quick, uh last few pointers. Um we read somewhere that Triple H is taking over two oh five live over uh from Vince McMahon. He, I think Vince kinda stepped down from doing that. Triple H takes over. I think they're gonna have a cruiserweight tournament championship match uh to crown a new cruiserweight champ- uh, champion at WrestleMania. So uh Mark, I'll start with you first. Triple H taking over two oh five live. Big deal or not much of a big deal? Oh, I mean I I think it could be a very big deal for that brand, you know, for the for that show. I'm I'm excited for the prospects of, of kind of a refresh, getting back to what made the cruiserweight classic so popular and not having a uh I mean, not having Enzo is nice. That's for other other reasons. But um, getting back to the in ring product and and building the characters, um, you know, from a, from a character driven standpoint, and not not so much in the we're gonna we're gonna do like fifteen minute promos throughout the show. I don't want it to be like Raw or SmackDown. It should be that way. Yeah. Um, Two hundred five Live has some really great in ring uh, uh, wrestlers. And, and guys were not, most of them are not amazing promo guys, but you could tell different stories with them through backstage segments, through video packages showing like who they are and what their motivations are for winning the cruiserweight title, that kind of thing. And I, and I just like, I mean, the matches the last two weeks have been great. I mean, Hideo, Tommy and Roderick Strong was, was very good. Um, uh, the other night, uh, Roderick Strong is, is, a, is, is one of those guys that kind of fits the bill where he can get over with his uh, wrestling style, because he's a, a really fantastic worker, doesn't have the greatest personality. You know, it's a biz vanilla. It's not a great promo guy, but mm-hmm. he's got this crazy story where his, uh, in, you know, a real life story where his, his mom shot his dad, you know, years ago when he was a kid, and, and they've kind of built him on NXT through that as kind of like a little bit of an underdog story. Um, and uh, the Kalisto match against Winston Dorado was very good. The in ring stuff has been really, really good. If 205 Live becomes like another NXT, that would be the best case scenario uh, for me, I think. And, and and there are a lot of very talented people uh, coming up too. You know that could be a division. And Mark Andrews from UK is uh, is really awesome. Um, he's, he's a great wrestler. Uh, Tyler Bate was on was, uh, was on last week's episode off of TJP, which I wasn't in love with, but I think Tyler Bate is uh, is really great. Um, Maybe they'll have Pete Dunn on that, you know, the, the UK champ. There is a, is a ton of talent out there. Uh, Rick, Ricochet is in, is in NXT now. You know, I could see him maybe being a surprise entry in, the, in that tournament. Uh, he's, I mean, absolutely ridiculous uh, as far as the talent goes. They have so much talent, and they just got to put it in that. The key is just putting it, putting the talent in the best position to succeed, and they've done that to a T in NXT. And it doesn't always happen on the main roster for a number of reasons. So if they can just get to that, that NXT model, and that's Triple H. I mean, Triple H is the NXT guy. If he's a 205 Live, uh, 205 Live guy, I am encouraged by what that could possibly be for that, for that show. Graham? It, yeah, it's a big deal. I totally agree with Mark. This could be a huge game changer for 205 Live. 
And this is what the show should have been from the start. 205 Live should have looked exactly like it did the past two weeks when it first started a year and a half ago. But I read today that uh, that Triple H was taking over the show from Vince McMahon. It made more sense to me than anything else I've read wrestling-related in the last the year. Like, this is like one of the biggest moves they could have made. Like That show, the original format for 205 Live, with Enzo More and Joe Train and the Nia Jax love interest. Oh, like it screamed <laughs> and it screamed Vinnie Mac booking all day long. And I'm so happy they're that he's they're moving him out of the way and uh, and putting Triple H in his place. Who is a you know obviously a huge force behind that Cruiserweight Classic, which was in my opinion the best show that WWE produced in 2016. The wrestling that they had on those on those shows, the matches were unbelievable. And it didn't feel like a Raw or a SmackDown. It felt like its own entity. And 205 Live the last two weeks, it's kind of had that same feel. Like uh, Mark had said, Roddy and Atani, best match I saw all week on WBC Day. Last week we had Slam Metallic and Cedric Alexander, TJP versus Tyler Bate. All these really, really good wrestling matches. And that's what's going to get these guys over. It's not the, the show train or the promos or the fucking PowerPoint presentations. Um, it's going to be the matches. So they need to incorporate that on Raw, which they kind of did this week, but it was more of the same with Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander. We've been seeing that for months now. We need to see we need to see real, like, actual matches with these guys on Raw. 205 Live is great and all, but you need to, you know, expose these guys to a bigger audience on Raw and give the mainstream audience more of a reason to watch 205 Live. Introducing fresh faces like Roderick Strong and Tyler Bate to the show is smart, and I'm glad they're doing that. But moving forward, too, I think it's also important to kind of think about this, even the bigger picture here. Is this what we can expect from Raw and SmackDown when Triple H eventually takes over both shows when Vinny Mack is out of the picture? Now, that might be a year from now, that could be five years from now, ten years, whatever it might be. But from what we've seen from NXT, now 205 Live with Triple H at the helm, is that what we could expect to see from him on Raw and SmackDown? And if so, I would certainly hope it looks a lot like those two shows. Triple H, for as much shit as we give him as a wrestler, and he buries people and all this other stuff, he knows what he's doing from a booking standpoint. And I'm looking forward to 205 Live and how he handles it going forward. Uh, Graham, I'll start with you real quick. The Miz re-signs with the company for four more years. What do you think? Big move. The guy's been doing the best work of his career over the last two years, I would say. He's been with the company now for a dozen years, which is just incredible to believe. Um, but he's been a major, major asset for this company as one of their best heels all around for the last two years. He can continue to be a very valuable asset to them going forward, both inside and outside the ring. But I would hope at some point in those four years, he does reclaim World Championship gold. I will yeah. go so far as to say it could be in 2018. He goes back to SmackDown and wins the WWE Championship at some point. Mark? Yeah, I mean, certainly he's, he's one of the highlights of, of WWE TV every single week. Uh, he's become, uh, you know, a little bit of a, of a cornerstone, you know, for, for them. And, and, you know, everything he does over the last couple of years has, has been has been golden, um, you know, the programs that he's had. And, you know, as, as long as they, as, as long as he's there, he's going to be a great promo guy and he's going to help and I, and I feel like he does elevate other guys who he's in programs with. I, I really, uh, I mean, I think he even elevated Braun Strowman a little bit uh, last year. Uh, I think uh, I think he's one of the guys that uh, maybe a few years ago you would never have thought that 
Miz is going to be one of the more important parts of, of WWE TV and, and a big part of their future, but he, he, he is that guy. Uh, Graham, I'll start with you because I, I, I seen how you felt about this. Um, what did you make of the top 10 list on SmackDown? Stupid. <laughs> stupid. Freaking stupid. Beyond ridiculous. Do you know my thoughts on this, Randy? I said this out the other day, the last night on Tuesday night, whatever. The SmackDown top 10 list is already off to an awful start. Ty Dillinger at number 10. Oh, yeah, Rusev yeah. doesn't even make the list. The Usos over the New Day. The champions are involved in this thing. This is so beyond dumb. It makes absolutely no sense, which is why it makes total sense from the WWE standpoint, because it's not supposed to make sense. It's all kayfabe anyway. Nothing else matters. I don't know. I was I saw that thing and I laughed at how dumb this whole but, thing is. It's but, ridiculous. Yeah. But, but, but check this out. How do you have a top 10 list and two guys who are wrestling for the championship and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are not even in the top 10? Because you got to get uh, you got to get Naomi on there, even though she hasn't won a match in like six months. You got to get Naomi on there, at number four, for whatever reason. It's, it's because the, the wrestlers vote on them. This is so stupid. Like I don't <laughs> think this even matters. Like a, it's not like you know, it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, whoever's the number five gets a title shot because the champions are already on the top ten. Like, how did? Why does any of this matter? Does it lead to anything? Exactly. It's one of those things. Someone said probably in a creative, you know, like, hey, I think this would be a good idea, but they put zero thought into it. They're like, oh, how cool would it be if Ty Dillinger was number ten because he loves the number ten? It's like, yeah, but the guy hasn't won a match since like July of 2017. So it's all stupid. Makes no sense. It's further killing SmackDown, which is uh, just it, 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 it amazes me that SmackDown used to be so great about a year ago. And now it's become like the, the running joke of this company. Hey, at least we didn't see Rockstar or Jail Cell pop up on, on my TV screen this week. That was a no, but they're still doing the damn text. They're still doing the text on the screen when, when guys are cutting promos backstage. Ah, it's so awful. Oh, my God. Baby steps. Baby steps. But, yeah, that is awful. I hear that. Uh, Mark, last one for you. Uh... UFC 225 in Chicago. Hmm. Oh, yes. Hmm. My man. <laughs> That's the Cult question. personality. Yeah, I see. Uh, yes. Um, my my colleague and uh, good friend at MMAfighting.com, Ariel Hawani, uh, reported today that the UFC is in discussions um, uh, about CM Punk fighting uh, Mike Jackson. Yep. At UFC 225 in Chicago in June, and uh, I've already asked my my boss if I can go to that one. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I would ask. Uh, usually, if Hawani reports it, uh, it's it's pretty right on the money. Um, so I do expect that to happen. And uh, you know, for CM Punk, it's it's an opportunity for him. He's gonna make he's gonna make a billion dollars. Um, so that'll be nice. That'll be nice. Yeah, he's not really doing much for work these days. <laughs> uh, and um, it's it's an e- it's a much easier fight than than his first fight. Um, I don't I don't really think he's I don't think he's a very good fighter to be honest with you. Uh, mm. I think that he I think that he's trying hard, but he's in his late thirties and his body is is broken. He's had a ton of injuries since he started training in MMA. I mean, this is a guy who wrestled for for twenty years, you know. So right. um, uh, I think um, I think that has held him back. Um, I don't think he was ever really the greatest athlete in the world. I thought I thought he was a great pro wrestler. I was a huge fan of him, um, but he's not the best athlete, and I think he would I think he would admit that too. 
he's later he's later on he's, he's past his athletic prime and uh, he's got a lot of he's got 20 years of, of horrendous wear and tear working 250 you know dates a year uh, in, in pro wrestling so a lot of things are definitely uh, a lot of cards are stacked against him but this is certainly an easier matchup but it's against a much younger guy a much more athletic guy uh, you know a guy who hits hard uh, but maybe maybe I'm looking too much into this the fact is he's going to sell out He's going to sell out the United. The United Center slide already sold out. I mean, he, he can sell it out on his own. We don't even need to know the main event of this card for the UFC. Uh, Punk will sell the United Center, and uh, I don't think it'll do as well on pay per view as his first fight did, um, which did very it did very well considering it wasn't a huge card from a, um, a pay per view standpoint, and it did very well. Uh, this one, I don't know if if the fa- if fans will be as curious because he he lost so badly, badly the first time. I don't know if that uh, that novelty may have worn off, uh, but uh, it'll definitely sell the United Center. It's a big gate in, in Chicago, with his hometown, and uh, you know, I, I mean, I I, I I don't I don't begrudge him. A lot of MMA fans, maybe some wrestling fans, kind of begrudge him, but he's not taking anyone's spot. The UFC has 600 fighters on the roster. No, it's not. There's no one who's not at the UFC because CM Punk is taking up one of those spots. He's there because he sells tickets and he can and he makes money on pay per view, and that's the and that's the bottom line. I mean, he, he's a guy that has has a sizable following, and he's a draw. And the UFC gave him a gave him a shot against a hard opponent the first time he lost. They're giving him a little bit of an easier opponent this time. Uh, someone who really probably would not be in the in the UFC normally. Uh, but uh, I got no problem with it. You know, it doesn't, doesn't bother me. I mean, the UFC needs to look, and they're they're not they're they're kind of uh, they're they're not. Uh, that high right now. There, there, there's a little bit of a cold spell for the UFC without McGregor um, on the forefront. So they got to do something to kind of create some buzz. And I have no problem with uh, with CM Punk uh, fighting again. That, that doesn't bother me one bit. Mark Raimondi, MMAfighting.com. Always a pleasure. Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report. Always a pleasure. You can find Graham on Twitter at WrestleRant. He's also the host of the WrestleRant radio show. Mark Raimondi, Graham Matthews, thank you, and I appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks, Randy. All right, fellas, take care. Good night. See ya. All right.